to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Mats Podcast. And for those of you who've been listening to either this podcast or my other one, So You Like Horror, you may have noticed that the audio had been a little wacky, having some issues with the internet, having to record through my phone, wasn't cute. So seems like we're back to business here on the laptop. So thanks everyone who's been with me through that struggle. I appreciate the hell out of you. You guys are great. For this episode, I'd like to welcome and introduce um, a friend of mine from Instagram, as most of my guests come from Instagram. And this friend is a grappler. And they are grappling out of London. So I'd like to introduce to the podcast, Miss Chrissy Gordon from London. Chrissy, welcome to the show and thank you for doing this. How are you? I'm doing great. And thank you so much for the opportunity. This is going to be fun. Well, thank you. Um, like, I mean, we've been going back and forth for a while on Instagram through the stories and everything. I was like, why haven't I asked her to be on the podcast yet? Duh. Like, as I'm asking myself that, I'm like, you could just ask right now. So here we are. Um, you know, big part of, you know, bringing people onto the show is hearing their story, whether it be jujitsu, martial arts, any kind of sport or just life. So with you being a grappler over there in London, that's my first question is, when did you get into jiu-jitsu and what got you there? Okay, so my journey into grappling actually started the end of 2019. And uh, it, it was kind of like a strange way of getting in because I didn't even know what grappling was. I had no idea what jiu-jitsu was. It was actually recommended um, by a therapist who I was seeing um, prior to that. Um, and it was at our sessions. Um, I'm very, very quickly, I'll just skim over. But um, I had some issues with regards to domestic violence. And um, I ended up needing to have some therapy. Um, which I never thought I would ever need in my entire life. But it helped. It really did help. And literally the last day of our session, uh, her parting gift was, I think you might want to do jiu-jitsu. And I was like, what do you mean? What's jiu-jitsu? And she went, it's a form of um, self-defense, but it's a really cool form of self-defense. And I have a funny feeling that you'll be really good at it. So I thought she was a little bit crazy, like, why is she suggesting that I do self-defense? That's a stupid thing. Um, I don't know why I thought it was a stupid thing, but I just thought, you know, it seems a bit silly for her to say all this. But, you know, let's just see where this is going to go. So um, my gym, um, I go to a great gym in the UK called Third Space in London, and they do everything. And lo and behold, Two weeks after I had my last session with my therapist, I checked out their list just to see whether they did jiu-jitsu. And lo and behold, they did. So I was like, okay, let me try this. I will try this out. And uh, about three weeks later, I tried it one lunchtime. I'm a sort of person, even though I'm a touchy-feely person um, with people, 
I didn't expect that kind of touchy feely because jiu-jitsu is something totally different, right? Um, but for some strange reason, I actually enjoyed it. Um, my first hour, I absolutely loved it. I had a great tutor, um, this guy called Alex from uh, the Soho branch. And I had a great partner, a lady called Farah, and they were superb with me. And I really enjoyed it. So much so that I decided to go back two times a week and I enjoyed it a lot. And then my work friends, <laughs> there's loads of Brazilians at my workplace in London. And I said to them, I'm trying at this jiu-jitsu, which is Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, wow, Chris, you're going to be a badass. Yeah, this is going to be great. I was like, mm, not sure about that, but I'm really enjoying it. But my my gym, it only does it like three times a week max. But I think I might want to go to some form of academy. So one of my friends, Hugo, he just said straight away, go to Roger Gracie. Check out Roger Gracie. You can't go wrong. And that's what I did. So the end, literally the end of 2019, we're talking October, um, I signed up at Roger Gracie after doing the one day trial. And I'm a sort of person, I go all in. I don't do like a monthly thing. I do a whole year. So I just signed up for the whole year to do jiu-jitsu. And, um, and it was fun. So that's how I, I got into jiu-jitsu. Um, it was a short start, to tell you the truth, because as we know, 2020 was uh, crazy. And so my jiu-jitsu journey only lasted about four months. Um, but yeah, I was very, very glad that I actually started it. And I'm forever grateful for my therapist who recommended it in the first place. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here talking to you now. I wouldn't even be on Instagram talking to you now because of that. Well, good for your therapist. That That's, you know, that's one of the last places I would think you know, you'd, you get the jujitsu recommendation is, you know, from, and maybe not, I don't know. I, I always think of jujitsu as a form of therapy in itself, even though anytime I share a meme that says jujitsu is my therapy, I get a gang of people jumping in and screaming, therapy is therapy. Jujitsu is not therapy. It's okay. It, you know, everyone's therapy is different. People love the run. People love to do jujitsu, play football, play guitar, uh, draw. So whatever calms you. Mm -hmm whatever yeah. centers you is your therapy, yeah. but you know, I'm, I'm glad your therapist made that recommendation for you because, you know, it sounds like you're really taking to it and enjoying it. And yeah, with 2020, I, I think that, that kind of took jujitsu off, off for everybody for a little while. So, but you, but you came back and that's the key. Yeah, exactly. And I came back in 2022 I actually took two years off simply because I'm going to confess, I was scared about COVID. I was scared about COVID. I was scared about catching it. Um, so I literally lived like a hermit for about a year and a half. Um, and then I slowly came back to going back to the gym at third space. And then I actually changed gyms in uh, 2020 to January 2022, um, actually went to a different gym called The Gauntlet, um, simply because Roger Gracie's fantastic, but the price kind of went up <laughs> between the five, yeah, between the five months. 
um of all the four months when I was there and then going back so then yeah and can I just um can I just make a point um very very quickly jiu-jitsu is definitely my therapy 120 percent I had a really good session with my therapist we were able to talk and you know and and get it out of my system um what happened to me for a good eight to ten weeks that's why when I saw her but jiu-jitsu and I'll definitely jump back on this at the end has literally changed my life um so just to put it out there for for people anything can be therapy anything nothing should be labeled whatever rocks your boat music is my therapy slapstick is my therapy horror movies are my therapy great people around me is my therapy and jiu-jitsu is 110 percent my therapy good and i think that's very important that you know people understand that you know again at least those that are saying you know you know jiu-jitsu is not therapy or you know therapy only therapy is therapy um you know everyone's different everyone moves yeah. differently i know for me the longest time i would go to jiu-jitsu and then go to therapy with you know i yeah. go see my therapist right mm -hmm. after and mm -hmm. the problem with that is i would go in and i feel good so yes like so you know dante how how is everything and it's like um well you know i feel pretty good you know i would talk about you know things that were going on but i was just in a euphoric state you know where it was like mm -hmm. you know you know just very zen like i mean you know that sucks but you know we get around it you know we work our way around and things like that but then i would have days where i would go and i didn't have jujitsu yes and it you know i, I was a wreck you know i'd, I'd just be a mm -hmm. mess so you know it is important to understand that you know whatever centers you you know that's your therapy you know and that's not to say don't go to see your therapist if you have one you know at no point did i ever consider all right well i got jujitsu now i guess i don't need to go see you know the doctor anymore no i absolutely still need to work through things but you know good for you with you know coming back because taking the time off it, it can be tough to get back yeah. into the groove of things yeah a hundred percent it's so so true it's and i was actually anxious going back even though i was like watching uh jiu-jitsu on youtube um with the people at third space which was great my gym with our little whatsapp group um they were keeping me motivated so you know i i needed i definitely needed to go back because i knew that was something which i was really really enjoying during that small period just before the pandemic happened and it kind of changed it, it was changing me from then um in in a really fast way which was uh, pretty impressive so there was no way i was gonna drop it it was just a matter of how I was going to get back into it and when I was going to get back into it when I actually felt that I was safe um to go back and it, it sounds crazy now because we're now in 2023 and in a crazy way for some people not everyone but for some people 
it just seems like a, a distant memory, COVID and the lockdown. Um, it just really depends on your experience because everyone had a different experience during during the lockdown period and COVID. Um, and so for me, it just felt like a long time ago, but I knew that was something which I definitely needed to to get back, get back on just to make me feel that I was getting some form of progress again. I was moving on with my life. Yeah, COVID, it, it's funny because, you know, everybody has their opinion and their feeling on COVID now. And then, you know, back then, we didn't know. No. And the world is full of conspiracy theorists. So, yes. you know, <laughs> you had that. My grandparents, you know, they, they took it very serious. I, I actually remember I went to see my grandparents. I want to say it was in March of 2020. Mm -hmm. I was dropping some uh, CBD oil yes. um, off to my grandfather. And I remember going in, you know, handing them the, the um, cream and then the, um, the uh, CBD oil. And they couldn't get me out that door fast enough. Yeah, <laughs> like that was the fastest I. That was my shortest visit to my grandparents ever. I walked in the door, handed them stuff, no hugs, no anything, and yeah. my grandfather's politely pushing me out the door, and mm -hmm. I didn't see them again until Labor Day of 2021. Okay. Um, so, but I remember I I went on Facebook and I wrote something about not seeing my grandparents and this was still early on in COVID, like I want to say maybe June at this point. And a friend of mine, he commented, he was just, just go see them. And and the thing is, sure. I, I think that in my mind, yeah, just go see them. But to be respectful to my grandparents, I'm not going to barge in on them. And I, I, I have a hard time, you know, subscribing to the idea of telling anyone what to do and bossing people around. Um, yes. Even even my six year old daughter, you know, mm -hmm. you know, it's like well, it's not even a matter of oh she walks all over us, but it's really a matter of, you know, you can make your own decisions. You know, as a six year old, obviously, we're not going to let her make all the decisions. Like, hey, you know, I want to mm -hmm. go and, you know, I don't know what like jump in a car and try to drive. Like, no, you're six, you can't even see where the steering wheel. Sit down. But you know, it's like just force myself into my grandparents' space. And being like, no, 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 COVID's not real. I'm coming over. That's ridiculous. And I'm not going to have that argument with them nor the friend that that said it's. But I I understand your your uh, concerns with it back then, especially because, again, we didn't know anything. We were just trying to make it date, you know, from one day to the other. So I yeah. get you. Yeah, it's true. And 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 especially like even um like with my family, um my one of my brothers love him. He's so he's so very much like from from the off. It's a conspiracy. Like that. And then the other side, um, one of my sisters, be careful, make sure you wash everything down, this and the other. And so you're hearing it left, right, and center. And you know what? You know what actually got me through sanely through um, the lockdown, and I decided to be on my own as well. Um, meaning I didn't go with family, um, and I decided to stay on my own in my house. A to heal because of what I had gone through um, through um, 
the uh, violence which I, I encountered. Um, so it was a way in which I was able to reconnect with my house during that period because um, it was the attack happened in my house um, and I was away from my house for a good eight months and I went back to my home in January 2020 so just before uh, COVID was rearing its head um, and it became a, a buzzword in February um, so yeah it, I was able to reconnect with my home in my home which was which was fantastic um, and also uh the reconnection of my home and and also being able to find out for myself without the trying not to have the noise around me um of all this conspiracy all of and all of like what's right what's wrong i just decided most of the time to cut off the media as much as possible big time and you know what saved me as well listening again like what I mentioned earlier to music I put on my radio in the kitchen I had it on a station called Centre Force anyone in the UK will know Centre Force it's a fantastic radio station it's 100% all the time dance music funk soul reggae um rock pop that lot you know the lot great DJs and that was that was my therapy of keeping me from as far as I'm concerned sane during the COVID period during the lockdown period and that's when I was in enjoying myself and and keeping out the negativity throughout the the whole I would say year and a half to two years and yes as I said I was I was scared to go out or so to say anxious to go out um when everything was opening up slowly and then closing again then opening and then closing again and then opening um but the music really got me through it it really really did you know, I, I was unable to do any jiu-jitsu, of course. I wasn't one of the prime people who have, who are well into their jiu-jitsu that they could go into the secret club and have the doors open while everyone else was at home. They were able to do their thing. I wasn't part of that because, you know, I was new. Um, so the second best thing was was music, and that, that helped me through, definitely. Good. Music, I always tell my daughter, because my daughter loves music, and now that she's discovered Amazon Music, and <laughs> she's got her headphones, and, you know, she likes to have a song before yeah. she goes to bed. And um, more often than not, we'll do a song, uh, you know, Corinne Bailey Ray uh, is, you know, nice. one that she really enjoys. She she loves Trouble Sleeping. Yeah. Um, and like a star, those are her two favorites that she's mm -hmm. on before bed. She always asks for those, but we'll sit down sometimes on the couch and I'll give her one of my uh, earbuds and I'll keep the other one and we'll just sit there on the couch flipping through music and just talking about music. And I always tell her like, you know, music is like a time machine. It, it can be like uh, an escape and yeah. just going through all these things. And, you know, since having that talk with her, she throws on the headphones and she just carries about. Um, so music, it, it, it does a lot of really good stuff that I feel like sometimes we forget. But yes. A lot of people forget. So good. Yes, absolutely. And if you think about it, music is free. <laughs> There's so many places you can get music for free. Um, just listening on your radio, and uh, 
uh, you know, the internet, your record collection, if anyone remembers records, because I'm old enough to remember records, um, or your cassettes or your vinyl, you know, your vinyl, your, your DVDs, whatever. Music is everywhere and it's life. It really is. Yeah, it's at work when, when I'm walking around, I tend to listen to podcasts, but I go through my phases where it's like, look, I need to listen to music. And I'm a kid of the 90s, so I'll throw yeah. on some 90s hip-hop, 90s R&B. Yeah. And just really get into it. You know, and then once the two, you know, I'll get to the 2000s and I got into this pop phase with, with Gwen mm-hmm. Stefani and uh, yeah. Joss Stone. And, and, and I guess Joss Stone is kind of still R&B-ish. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I go into, you know, just this phase and I'm walking the hallways singing. Not very well, mind you. <laughs> but <laughs> singing all the same. Music is, is it's cool. And then again, kind of bringing it back to jujitsu, you know, when you couple that on the mats with, depending on what, what they've got playing in the gym, a couple of weeks back, we're training. And I don't know what was on. It sounded like it was uh, music from a, a, you know, um, spa day, you know, like when you're in a massage parlor and it got that tranquil music on. Yes. <laughs> you know, my, even my coach asked, he was like, what is going on with this music in here. I was like, I don't know, dude. You know me. Because he asked me once, he was like, Dante, you know, what do you, he was like, what do you want to hear from music? I was like, dude, throw some Wu-Tang. And he said, pop it is. He's like, don't ever ask me what, what music I want. You know what I'm going to say. It's going to always be, well, in, in those situations. It's yes. either going to be 90s hip hop or maybe you'll get the occasional... Maybe 2000s hip hop or a little bit of rock, you know, mm. but music is always just it, it's important to the essence of everything. It always freaks me out when my wife's like, I'm not really a music person. Uh, I think you are. I just don't think you she she doesn't really have the window of time to listen to music, right. So, which is weird to even think like in your car. Yeah. I, I was going to say also childhood. That's when yeah. music came into my life. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that, that's why it's important for me to play a lot of music for my daughter, just yes. because for me growing up, you know, being from Detroit, we listened to a lot of Motown, you know, mm. a lot of Smokey Robinson, um, Jackson Five, you know, mm-hmm. we, we listened to, you know, um, I mean, eventually we got a lot of prints going on in the house and then shot a, yes. um, and then once hip hop started hitting a lot of run DMC, LL Cool J, Kumo D, oh, yes. uh, yes. Curtis Blow, you know, just KRS all one. this stuff. Yes. KRS one. So, yeah, oh, and, you know, you know in, in that, that's kind of when music for me became independent of my own, where I was like, oh, I can yes. make my own choices. So I'm like, listen to Boogie Down Production, listen to Public Enemy, yeah. you know, Ice-T, yes. NWA. And, uh-huh. and it became, you know, this whole thing of like, oh, this is my musical identity. And then yeah. I discovered Madonna. And I was like, oh, I like oh, this too. Fantastic. <laughs> so, you know, music, you know, it's always odd when I hear someone say, you know, oh, you know, they only listen to one style of music. And it's mm-hmm. like, really? I mean, that's for your prerogative, you know, do you. Yeah. But it's like the, you're you're limiting yourself. There's so much, dude. Oh. So much. 
A hundred percent. I'll tell you very quickly. Um, so growing up, six of us, I'm the youngest, a bit like the Brady Bunch. I was the youngest one in Carol's. And um, I have three brothers, like two sisters, then three brothers, then me. And my eldest sister plus my three brothers were all into what we call in the UK, like dub, um, reggae. We're talking the 80s here. Um, green sleeves um, and also lovers rock. So all form of reggae music. And then you had my sister, who's the second eldest. She was, oh man, her collection was heavy. She was into funk, soul. MJ was everywhere, everywhere. Tina Marie, um, Earth, Wind and Fire, Diana Ross, all of that, which was great. My father was into ska music, um, old school Jamaican music, ska. And my mum, she is a devout Christian. And she was into one day at a time, sweet Jesus. <laughs> That's all I'm asking from you. And so for me, I was like, yeah, I like all this, but I want to have my own music. So from that age, from around 11, I knew I wanted to have my own music. And in the 80s, pop music was really, really popular in, in the, around the world, but especially in the UK. So you had like Adam and the Ants, um, Duran Duran, Spandau Ballet, um, um, Heaven 17, Level 42, Oh, my word, loose ends. So the UK music scene was superb. And so I put myself into that as well as electronic music and then hip hop, um, which all kind of transitioned from late 70s to 80s. As you mentioned, your Run DMC, your Eric B and Rakim, um, your Fat Boys, um, yeah, there's so many, oh gosh, so many acts and, and music. So I got my massive fusion of music for at home with everyone at home and my own style. And so I grew up with that music. And then I, I always was dipping in and out with Michael Jackson as well. With Thriller, Off the Wolf, then th Thriller, then of course, um, Bad Album, and then your R&B. So yeah, music has always been part of my life. Um, and and I've always enjoyed it so, so much. It's always great to have music in the house, even if, you know, you're doing the dishes, you're chilling out, you're reading a book, little background noise. It's fantastic. It really is. So my spectrum of music is is all over the place. Oh, let's not forget Tina Turner. There's too many acts. Oh, yeah. There's too many. It's crazy. Oh, oh my God. And Queen. I was a massive fan of Freddie Mercury. Same what here. My my daughter, one I think one of the earlier songs that she remembers, or at least I recall her running around singing is um Radio Gaga <gasps> and um, yes. Killer Queen. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> she, because where I uh, train at, at our old location, you know, yeah. we, we'd have, uh, I would help coach the kids class and coach would put on, he would have Michael Jackson Wednesdays. So yes. put on just nothing but Michael Jackson. Then mm -hmm. we'd have a day where we're listening to Queen and it's nothing but Queen. Yes. You know, but 
when it comes to music and just, you know, having it in your daily life, especially early on in life, it really does kind of set a, a standard uh, yeah. because I know for me listening to, you know, listening to a lot of, you know, seventies R and B as a child. And then when you get to the nineties with hip hop, mm -hmm. a lot of the nineties hip hop was sampled from a lot of seventies R and B. So, yeah. you know, and, and you know, you have your touches of eighties um, pop and R and B, you know, being sampled as well, but it's, you know, it all interconnects. So, you know, you have that as a child from one style and then you start growing up into your own, you know, identity of music. And mm -hmm. in, in that identity, you end up hearing music that's similar to the music you heard as a child in some way. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. They're using, you know, a beat from the barge, you yeah, know, that's you right. know or Tupac, you know, yeah. the barge. So, yeah. Oh, man, it's so true. Bell did the bell did the vote. I've forgotten yep. those guys, but they were, the, the best track, Poison. That girl was poison. <laughs> and how sure. everyone used to dance like like the hyper dance. It was just crazy. The other night I was uh my wife works nights mostly, but she's been off uh, you know, with my birthday being recently, she took some time off because I took time off. So yeah. apparently she, th thank you. Um, she, I guess, nudged me in my sleep and she said, yeah, I nudged you and you, you know, you turned over and you said poison. And I, I joked her. I was like, I was probably listening to Belle Biv DeVoe. Yeah. I'm not sure why I would say poison in my sleep, but that like, that's the only thing I could think like, probably you know right at the the, the the key point of the song so <laughs> but but yeah like music is absolutely uh fantastic therapy um yeah it just it, it, it like i said it's an escape you know whether yes. whether you be driving somewhere or sometimes i just that's what i love about having these bluetooth earbuds now i can leave my phone anywhere in the house and just you know, walk around with the earbud and just listen to music. Um, Cause I'm very personal with my music. Like I like mm -hmm. to listen to my music and in peace. I don't yeah. like having music on then like my wife who says, Hey, I'm not really a music person, but then a song comes on, she starts singing it. And it's like, well, yeah. Hey, so I wanted to, uh, I really wanted to hear Wilson Phillips sing. I, I, you know, yes. like, you can put on your earphones and go, you know, sing along too. But I like I'm I'm gonna go ahead and listen to this now quietly. <laughs> Sounds yes. kind of dickish, but look, man. No, I, it's cool. It's cool. It, it is personal. It's very personal. Oh. <laughs> I, so, I hear where you're coming from. So during the time, you know, when COVID was, you know, just running through everything and locking us all down, did you catch COVID at any point? You know what? No, and up to this day, nice. I have not caught COVID. I don't know whether it's I've got a superpower or what. I have been in and out of so many people having COVID, but no one from my family has had COVID. My immediate family has had COVID. The only one who has had COVID is uh, my stepmom, and she called it bad. 
Um, she's the only one, but apart from that, nobody. Touch wood, right? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I won't say it too loud. I I got it. Was it what? We're in twenty twenty three, so I got it in twenty twenty two, January twenty twenty two. Right. Um, and it was it was tough, but mm-hmm. I think it was uh, one of the it was Omicron. I think it was called that one. Omicron, yes. And that strain. It's, it's super contagious, but it's a little lighter in, in mm-hmm. symptoms. Mm-hmm. So, um, but up to that no issues at all never had it and then i went out to a football game yeah and i got careless well it's one of two things either i caught it at the football game or i had a friend over who recorded with me the saturday night prior yeah and he texted me on tuesday Mm -hmm. so i recorded with him on saturday i went to the football game on sunday he texted me maybe on monday or tuesday he goes hey man just a heads up I was exposed to someone who had COVID. Mm-hmm. So it um, looks like, you know, I'm showing some symptoms right now. You know, just give me a heads up because he was over here yeah. recording with me. And um, I have another podcast that I do. And I recorded Sunday night with, with my co-host. We do that in person. So I mm-hmm. text him right after I get the other text. You know, I go, yes. You know, say, hey, Stevie. Um, yeah. You, just, I just want to let you know, dude, you, you might want to go get checked out. And he was like, what are you talking? I was like, I, I, I tested positive. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, dude, I got COVID. Like, go get tested. <laughs> yes. Um, but it, it's like he didn't get it. His girlfriend didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the guy that I went to the football game with on, on Sunday didn't get it. Mm-hmm. So I ended up – and I honestly – it like it came on slow because I felt yeah. fine Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I think I went into work on Thursday and I was I felt a little about midday, I started feeling very not myself. And I went home, checked my temperature, a slight fever, nothing to be concerned with, because my temperature, like whenever I check my my uh, temperature, I'm usually like 97. Uh, 97 degrees or so, mm-hmm. and I was at like 99. I was like, huh. And then the next day, I go into work and I felt worse. And I called my boss. I was like, look, man, I gotta go. I'm, I gotta go get the COVID test. I, you know, I was around people who, who, you know, they have it, and it seems like maybe I do actually have COVID. Uh, I work where I work at. You know, we're we work by ourselves, so we're not around other people. Right. But I still need someone to come in and fill in my space. So mm-hmm. my boss got someone over there to cover for me. I went out, got my test. My wife, she came out as well, got tested. Yes. And I tested positive. She tested negative. We didn't put our daughter through it just because it's like, look, we already know she's probably going to end up having it. Because mm-hmm. then my wife ended up. Uh, testing again on Saturday and then she tested positive right. so we we're all okay um, I don't think my daughter actually had it at all I think she just saw us and was like huh yes. <laughs> I, I can do that too I want um, a piece of this I don't want to be left yeah. out 
she she had no no symptoms at all but she was kind of dragging around the house but you know we all took our time got better and the the thing about it is you know there are people that are like well it's not real or it's this and it's that it's like look i mean i got it it sucked mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know uh we we were vaccinated as well um, mm -hmm. not like fully. We didn't have like all the shots, but we had like some of. You know, we didn't collect all the cards in the in the collection, but we got a couple of them. I was like, here, yeah. give me this one, this one. Exactly, same as me. Just a just a couple, and and even on that front, which which was more fuel to fire for my brother, who uh, is definitely anti. He was like, I, I actually got sick on the first um, vaccine, really bad. Mm. Um, and I I was sick straight away. Um, on that, on the Sunday I took it. By Sunday night I was very very drowsy and, and sleeping. I couldn't even walk um, to get home. And then Monday to Thursday I was sick as a dog, sick as a dog. And then after that, from around Friday Saturday, I had a I, I call it a silent headache meaning my head was hurting and it, I could hear like a, a really weird sound in my head for three months, for three months. It was a really weird, eerie, I know it sounds weird, but it's true, sound I kept on having. And then right at the end of, of the noise, hmm? And that was after uh, the first shot, you that said? Thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. And boy, was I turned off. Um, I then started to get toothache for two weeks. And because everything, everything was kind of closed, semi-closed, only emergency, you don't want to get too close to people, I was avoiding going to the dentist. And it hurt one molar. Then it hurt the second molar. And when it hit the second molar, that was it. It was like, time out. I need to go to emergency because um, I was in pain for two weeks. Um, and in the end, uh, I did have to have some uh, treatment. One tooth was taken out. The other one had three root canals on it, um, on one tooth. Exactly. Exactly. And then, and all that time, I was getting a little slight pressure from certain people at my workplace. Well, Chrissy, you're going to have to take the second vaccine. you got to be protected. We're okay. Well, you're not me. And so I was having that personal battle with people at work, um, which, yeah, was really, really difficult. And in the end, because of, I have to say it, because of pressure, I took that second vaccine. Because I had the feeling that if I didn't take that vaccine, you're not going to be able to travel on business. You're not going to be able to go to the US. You're not going to be able to go to France. You're not going to be able to, you know. And so in the end, I took the second vaccine. And funny enough, the second vaccine was fine. But I'll never forget the experience I had with taking the first vaccine. So, so yeah. Jury's out, as I like to say, on that score. Wow. I got the first shot and I went right into uh, training that night for jujitsu. Uh oh. And, then, um, and I was training with my one teammate and she and I kind of joked back and forth. 
So it was like, um, I got, you know, vac- you know, the vaccine this morning or this afternoon. Mm-hmm. I feel good. I feel fine. My sores, my, my arm is a little sore, but yeah. you know, that's all, you know, and when I went to get the shot, I, you know, I like to, you know, make light of situations. So I'd sit down and I'm nervous around needles and yeah. the phlebotomist, she goes, you know, you okay? Like you, you're scared of needles. I was like, no, I'm just excited. I want to know which superpower you're going to give me. <laughs> and, you know, that kind of broke the tension, you know, I was like, okay, okay. This guy, yeah. he's got jokes. And then, <laughs> um, I can't remember what, I can't remember what was said prior, but the phlebotomist, her name was cookie. Okay. And she said something. I cannot remember though. She goes, um, now if not, I'm going to like, next time you come back, I'm going to give you a shot in the butt with this needle. And I looked at her and I go, oh, what? I said, like, uh, I, I didn't say don't threaten me with a good time, but it was something to that effect. Yes. And it was like just trying to make light of the situation to have, you know, some kind of because everything was so tense. And I, you know, I was like, look, we got to laugh. We got to smile a little bit. You guys have been here all day. And I'm sure, you you know, everyone coming in here with these grim faces. And even yes. I came in with kind of a sour face, too. But. It was really just kind of to, to set up the joke because, look, man, it, it's it's a scary time, and we don't know what's what's reality and what's not. You got yes. people calling it conspiracy. You got people that are like, you have to get all the shots, all fifteen yeah. of them, or however many. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's I don't true. even want to get one. Yeah. And and my wife, she was you know she was pressuring me like we got to get all these shots. I was like, yeah. girl, I'm gonna get this one shot. And I felt fine mm-hmm. off the front. So when I was training, I did feel a little loopy because mm-hmm. I started talking a little, talking a little shit to my teammate. My arm okay. was a little tender Uh-oh. and um, she swept me. <laughs> and I was like, Ugh, I don't feel so good. And she was like, don't pull that. You got swept. Don't try to say that. It's yeah. a shot. I was like, no, actually, I feel like shit now. I don't know yeah. if maybe the way I hit the mat uh-huh. you know, activated something, but um, but the second shot, I felt, uh, I felt not really, really bad, but I definitely could feel some effects and, right. and I, I was like, I'm not doing another shot. I'm not doing a third one. I kept, yeah. I still get text messages periodically saying, you know, Dante, you got to get your, you know, booster shot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And as I've been looking at other job opportunities, I'm still seeing a lot of places saying you need to be fully vaccinated, you know, yeah. both shots and the boosters. I don't even know where my cards are. So mm-hmm. if anybody, I think, I think I have a, a file cabin down here with all our medical records and stuff. So maybe it's in there. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't do, I don't need people ask me like, are you vaccinated? I mean, that, that was years ago, dude, I'm sure that shit wore off, but if it makes you feel any better, I did get COVID. So that's yeah. too. exactly. Exactly. And, and dare I say it, I'm not planning to get any booster. I'm not planning to get any other, any other form of um, vaccination. And it seems like everyone, at least over here in the UK, we're just getting all of our business. It's, and it's literally, a, it's, it's literally now a case of, well, if you have COVID, if your symptoms aren't that bad, you can still go into work. I'm not saying that from my work company. I'm saying that from the government, basically, you know, and it's like, just get, just get on and do your work. Don't worry. It's, it's now the flu. 
so that's the that's the message what we've been um given now um but yeah it's interesting times the last couple of years that's all i have to say someone made a lot of money as well by the way just putting it mm -hmm. out there and it wasn't me yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's where i started to get really concerned it's like huh we got a we got a pandemic going on and people are getting rich but who's yep. not getting rich i'm not getting rich so that's it i wonder mm -hmm. makes you wonder um things that so, make you go hmm. <laughs> see see music factory see it, like I, I can see where we're going with this we're gonna have some some you know <laughs> music references and just calling them out but, um, so um that, but i told you this is what will happen we'll start talking about jujitsu and then we'll start staring wherever we go so <laughs> welcome to the podcast this is how Yay! we do it we love uh, it. This is how we do it. <laughs> that was not by design, but it worked out perfect. <laughs> uh, so for you, you know, in starting to train and, you know, really getting acclimated into jiu-jitsu, you know, do you compete? Have you competed? Are you considering competing? I have competed. I competed in uh, December last year. Okay. Um, I competed at a competition, a very small new competition. So I thought, you know what, why not? Um, and the reason being is um, while I was at my then gym, academy, I should say, um, I remember at the time the professor said, you know, this new competition, um, we'd like to get loads of people going to it, you know, establish the name, this, that, and, and la di la di la And uh, it was Halloween, and there was a special offer on that Monday. It was literally, if you sign up today, you will pay for ghee and get no ghee for free. But you have to sign up before the end of tonight, before midnight, basically. And if you're, you've been training for more than six months, do it and so basically i saw myself as someone who's been training more than six months which i had um you know with the couple of days at a couple of months at roger gracie and then at uh the gauntlet from uh january 2022 to october 2022 so i was like okay why not and i did it and i tried and i got beaten up and i don't care it was a lot of fun. It really was. I got knocked to the ground. I didn't even know what time of the day it was in my first match. Literally, all I remember is I was very nervous. And I remember it was Guy. It was a lovely lady called Rosie. Um, we shook the referee's hand. I shook her hands. And then the next minute, I was on the floor. Luckily, one of my friends taped it. And I realized I was being dragged around like a rag doll. <laughs> Literally the first second. Because I I I went in there and because it's an, a competition, you when you when you're sparring, that's one thing. When you're in the competition, it's totally different. You don't know what's gonna go on. And so I went in there as though I was gonna be sparring. My brain was like sparring, where you're kneeling down, you're getting ready, you're psyching each other up. This girl, she was like, I ain't got time to psych you, I'm dragging you <laughs> straight away. And so, yeah, I hit the floor and uh, and then uh, she gave me a choke um, in four minutes and 30 seconds in 
should have held on for another couple of 20 seconds then i would have been okay but um but yeah i i uh, that that went fast that went really fast and then i done nogi because of course it was part of the offer right and the second fight i should have won definitely we were both kind of anxious um and uh, i won't go into it too much but um, I should have done some things which I wanted to do, but I was too afraid to do it uh, for reasons I won't talk about on air. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I missed my chance. And so the girl beat me, not by submission, but literally just by points. And it was only because she, she got mount on me and that was it. But I should have really won that fight 100%. And then the third fight, which was um, the girl who was waiting to see who was going to lose that fight to then fight that person and then be in the final. Yeah, she just so happened to be, what, more or less 30 years younger than me and um, an MMA fighter. And she knew exactly what she was doing. She was fantastic. And I held on. I held on, I think, for about three and a half minutes. And then I got an armbar. And that's it. She done an armbar on me. So, but it was great experience. Absolutely. Am I happy that I did it? Yes. Am I disappointed that I lost? You know what? C'est la vie. It's one of those things. You know, um, I think that I learned more losing than if I'd won. A hundred percent. Because I learned a lot about myself. And now, whenever I now go to the academy, I feel much more confident. As I'm like, okay, now let what do i need to do to rectify all of those massive mistakes what i did all of them um and so it, i think it actually makes you a better person even if you feel as long as you know the moves uh, and you're confident to know the moves i'd encourage anyone to do a competition even once just once in their life just do a competition and then it it as they say it maketh the man you know it really does push you um to see what your limits are and make you uh, a better a better grappler a better fighter that's my belief and so yes i i messed up but hey doesn't everybody i'm sure the greatest have messed up i'm sure the daniel kelly's of this world she lost a number of fights at the beginning the the golden ryan's of this world you know all of them um the roger gracie's of this world you know um but yeah, do I want to do more um, um, competitions? Absolutely. Uh, but I'm not sure when, but I definitely do want to do more competitions. But yeah, the, the, with competing, I mean, you learn so much. You can gain just so much from it. And yes. a friend of mine once told me, I, I don't personally compete as uh, you competitors are a different breed of animal, and I don't know if I'm that breed. I'm, I'm not that breed anymore. Um, yeah. I have I have competed, but yes, it it's like whoa, <laughs> like that came at me fast. Like hey, hold on, slow a, down. It's another level. It's yeah, definitely oh, yeah. another level. Yeah. Yeah. The the gear shifting was well. The, you know, the first match I had, we we're both very tentative and just we didn't know what the fuck we we're doing. Um, I ended up winning because he gave up, not even by tapping. He just gave, he let go of, he had a bow and arrow choke and he let go. 
Yeah. Oh man. Burned out. And yeah. I basically rolled over into side control and beat them three to two. I, I didn't even know I won. Uh, and then the second, the, the second match, um, that that was like that's where the the speed the the gear just shifted because the dude looked like a ninja. I didn't know yeah. what to do. I'm, I'm trying to get grips. I look at my coach. I was like, "Get your grips." I was like, "I'm trying." <laughs> <laughs> he won't let me. And he, he ended up getting a single leg, so he got his yeah. two for the takedown. Then he got side control, so he got his three. Then we ended up in half guard. We just sat in half guard the entire match. And yes. You know, he was a really nice guy afterwards. He goes, you know, you had me off balance at one point. Because at this point, I didn't know what half guard was. I hadn't yes. ever experienced it. But yeah, he was like, yeah, you could have, if you would have just rolled up, I would have toppled over and you would have had your oh, sweep. And I was like, and I said, this one was like, you should have told me that during the match. Yeah, exactly. Uh, should have, would have, could have. Like, you're telling me too late, dude. We're walking up to the podium now. Like, that should be my gold medal, not yours. But, um, it, a really nice guys and everything, yeah. all the same. And then it signed up. There was a week later. There was a DC Open here, IBJJF DC Open. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of scrambling because, or no, not the next week. I think it was like two weeks or something. Um, but I was scrambling because with having a colostomy, I wear a rash guard. All yeah. the time. I, I don't train without a rash guard on under my gi at all. Yeah. And they're like, no, you can't have on the rash guard. So my coach, he advised me to email IBJ Jeff and just, you know, ask for an exemption. They're like, no, like wear a neoprene brace, you'll be all right. And that, like, I can't, I mean, I can, and I do wear a neoprene brace, but it slides and just mm -hmm. with sweat. So I didn't do that competition. And then after that, it just kind of the, the desire to compete kind of just started to fade from there because right. we primarily did those competitions. A teammate did bring up a good point. He was like, you do no gi. And I was like, oh, so I can see how really bad I am. Nah. <laughs> like, at least in a gi, I can kind of disguise it. No gi. There's no mistake. And this guy is not good. Just <laughs> drop him on the head. But, um, but I'm glad um, that experience, you know, was was enjoyable. And that sense of, you know, you have that thirst for more. And mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine, you know, they said to me, you know, nobody's gotten worse by competing. So yeah, you're definitely going to, you know, pull knowledge from it, experience from it. So that's yeah. good. Glad to hear yeah. Absolutely. It gives you it gives you more confidence to take risks. It really does. And that's what I've noticed since that, since I got, you know, I got KTFO'd um, during the, that competition. Um, I've, I've now taken risks and I'm able to do some great things. Um, one of my one of my what I think is my proudest moment just before Christmas at my old club, I managed to um, inspire in to give a triangle to a brown belt who was not expecting it because that guy did not want to spar with me. And, you know, seven fights in, I was like, do you want to spar? And he's like, reluctantly, like, huh, what can she do? 
that's the attitude I got. Um, and literally within a minute, somehow I got a triangle, twisted that neck, pushed him down, bent him in, and then the tap on me was hard. It was like, tap, 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 like that. And I felt so good. And if I had, I don't think if I'd done, if I had not done the competition, I would have been brave enough to go up to a brown belt to then do that. Um, so yeah, I, it definitely has advantages. That's what I would say. It does kind of propel you to be more confident, definitely, and take risks, more risks. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, also, I mean, in competition, you know, you're you're going full clip and they're going full clip. So yeah. when you think about the ideal of jujitsu in a self-defense mindset as well, mm -hmm. I mean, competing is the closest you're going to get to, you know, simulating a life or death situation, you know, yeah. to, you know, to an extent. So, you know, you do have people that will say, you know, especially on Instagram, uh, sports jujitsu is, you know, dumb. You're not going to be able to use that in a street fight. Da 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 da. It's like, well, yeah, no one's going to sit there in a street fight and pull guard. So, no. yeah, you're right. That's not going to work. But I mean, there are things from jujitsu that you learn that mm -hmm. if you do need to defend yourself in a fight, you can implement those those parts into your self defense. Yeah. You know, you don't yes. just think to yourself, you know, maybe I'm going to go for omoplata here in a street fight mm -hmm. yeah you know or you know let me string my moves together oh i can't get them apply let me bring it back to the triangle can't get the triangle let me try to go for the arm bar it's like no like hopefully in the street fight you're not fighting from your back anyway hopefully in the yeah. street fight you know you've got some kind of control maybe you've got their back or you got mount or knee on belly or something mm -hmm. but you know and those are the elements that you know that that come into play but also, I feel like people who are talking shit on the internet are just trolls. They're, you know, they yeah. know. They're just running their mouths anyway just to try to get people worked up and they yeah. can go fuck themselves. Yeah. It's um, a full-time job for them. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Well, I had a... So for my Instagram, you have to follow me in order to leave a comment. And I've had two people approach me about it now. One mm -hmm. guy... Or no, three people. One guy was really upset about it. Okay. And I was like, okay, fuck off. Another guy, you know, he made a comment. I don't, I couldn't tell if he was upset or not. I don't care if he mm -hmm. was. He can fuck off too. And then a guy, uh, a couple weeks ago, he yeah. messaged me. He goes, why do you have your comments limited? I was like, you mean block? So... Mm -hmm. He was, you know, so that, you know, you can't come in unless you follow me. He was like, yeah. I was like, well, the number one reason is the spam robots that, you know, if you post something, they'll go, you know, post your pictures here or, you know, yeah. whatever it may be. I, those things annoy me. Although yeah. I guess it does help with your engagement. So maybe I should open the gates back up. Um, but I said it keeps those guys out, but also trolls tend to not want to take the extra step to follow you mm -hmm. just to send a nasty comment. Yeah. And if they do, I, you know, I've had people just come in the troll and they'll say something shitty. And I, I now know cause Instagram has warned me a few times now about cussing back at people on, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> I'm an adult, so I don't know what the fuck that's <laughs> about, but they like, 
they're like, hey, if you call someone a cunt again, we're going to shut your account down. I was like, no, not my account. Um, so now my response to trolls, I just say, thanks for the follow. Yeah. And leave it at that. And But one one guy did actually fire back at that. <laughs> I oh, got, wow. Thanks for the, I said, thanks for the follow. And then he sent me a DM and said, there, now I unfollow you, you stupid cunt. And I just sent him a smiley emoji. I was like, yeah. Why are you angry? Exactly. <laughs> like, What's going on in your life to make you so irate and angry? It's true. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I'm not going to try to understand. Well, let me rephrase that. I would try to understand if, you know, the person is, you know, willing to talk. I'll, I'll definitely listen to understand, but I don't want to understand if you're just going to be angry and, you know, mm -hmm. cuss me out because, you didn't like a post I put up. You chose to look at it, dummy. Not I didn't yeah. come to you and say, "Hey, look at this post I just reshared from someone else." Please, yeah, they know. Like, yeah, you're scrolling. You saw it. You got upset for whatever reason. Like I don't put offensive content up. I put up. I repost techniques and and memes yeah. that were borderline funny. <laughs> so, yeah. like, but not offensive. Mm -hmm. Although, obviously. You offended them because you know what? Everyone gets offended these days by the slightest yeah. thing. Yeah, I guess. I don't. Well, neither do I. I think I, it's quite I just, funny. I don't have time to get offended. I'm, you know, dude, I got other shit going on. Right? Yeah, exactly. Real life. Real life. Yeah. Exactly. Not the Instagram yeah. world. I mean, and that's just the thing. It's like, even if I see something that's offensive on there, I scroll. I say I don't like it. I see a lot yeah. of really goofy things politically that I think silly and it's it's offensive, but I don't yeah. comment. I don't go and say horrible things to people. I don't call people names. It's because mm -hmm. what's it gonna do? Nothing. I just yeah. saw a post uh, of these guys harassing uh, uh, Jewish um, patrons in front of a synagogue, mm. saying horrible things. I was mm. really really upset about that. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, I'm not going to go and comment, I'm angry. Yeah. Like, it's it's going to do nothing because that's what they want. They want you to be angry. Yeah. So people are yeah. goofy. People, yeah. People have got a lot of time in their hands. <laughs> mm -hmm. Too much time, I think. You know, I think that's that's what happened with COVID. They shut down all, yeah. all the jobs and people get found all this extra time to start harassing people. Yeah. The internet. <laughs> it is. Um, I think we talked about this on my other podcast a while back. I was like, you know what I think is a cause of all of this uh, YouTube society and YouTube culture and look mm -hmm. at me now culture. Yeah, it's a uh, MTV's the real world. Yeah, like yeah, I, I remember going back and watching the first season. It was very wholesome and very like just sweet. It was a sweet mm. show, but it dealt with like serious issues and conversations and topics. And it was like, oh my god, this show is so fucking cool. You know, I'm yeah. watching this joint in like I think was it 91 or 92. Like I was mm -hmm. really into it. And then yeah. as the season started going on, you start seeing characters develop. You start seeing people doing things to try to build their brand. You start seeing people mm -hmm. saying things to get attention. And then yeah. once we get into the element of cell phones with cameras on them everywhere mm -hmm. and 
you know, camcorders becoming cheaper and then social media became a thing. It's like yeah. people, everyone's doing everything they can to become the next viral video. And, you know, in some cases, people get attention because they say something horrible and then they mm -hmm. don't want that attention. They realize they don't want it after they lose yeah. their job. Yeah, like, oh, shit. exactly. It, it's uh, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy. All I have to say on that subject, because we can go down the really serious, crazy um, pigeonhole down there. But all I can say is, I'm glad I was born when I was born, and I'm glad I was born prior to social media, where I actually had a life, and it was fun. It was really fun, and you and you developed skills literally on your own, off your own back. Um, yeah. now it's hard work. It's hard work to, to be relevant. And that's the sad thing. And people need to realize and understand you don't need to be relevant and it's no big deal because when you are relevant, you're not really having a great life anyhow. No, you everyone's know? in your business. Yeah, exactly. But you know, just minding your own business Eating your nachos in your house is the most beautiful, priceless thing anyone should do and, and will need. And not being on the internet and showing yourself up. Because basically, you know, like, you know when you're going to get older and you're going to look on that, you're going to think, oh, my God, I was so stupid. And was it really worth it? Uh, no. Well, Facebook reminds me that every day when I see... <laughs> You know, the stuff that I posted 12 years ago, 15 years ago. And I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> oh, I was such a doofus. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I sat there this morning looking. I was like, oh, my God. Like, why did no one take my phone from me? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I got mad yeah. at my friends thinking about that shit. I was like, damn, I hate all y'all. Exactly. It's true, it's true. Here's a tears for fears. Everybody <laughs> wants to rule the world. Well, you're not relevant. So just get off social media. <laughs> that song came on during class the other day while we're warming yeah. up, and it took everything in me not to sing along. Oh man. It's like, like I want to, but I, I just I, I can't because I don't have the cardio to jog and sing. <laughs> one or the other. I can stop and sing or I can keep running. <laughs> um, I love it. So yeah, the, the the thing is too, it's like years ago with BJJ Wiki, my goddaughter saw it. And I, I don't know how many followers I had. It might have been a thousand, maybe yeah. anywhere from a thousand to five thousand at the time. Yeah. And my goddaughter she was like, oh, my God, how do you get so many followers? Like, And honestly, I still don't know to this day. Like, mm -hmm. well, part of it is you got to follow me in order to comment. So, yes. like, you post something to piss a lot of people off, you're going to get a lot of new followers because everybody <laughs> wants to talk shit. And I'm like, cool. Mm -hmm. But uh, my goddaughter's like, you know, how did you get so many followers? And I was like, I honestly don't know. But, you know, I think she was like 13 at the time. I was like, but you don't want a bunch of followers. Just... But the thing is, you know, it's a different generation. I, you know, I'm a kid of the 80s and the 90s. So for me, you know, growing up, that wasn't the thing that we wanted. You know, no one was thinking back then, 
you know, because to, to be famous of some sort, you either had to be a celebrity such as movie star, TV star, uh, you know, musician or something like that, or you're infamous for doing something, you know, borderline scandalous. And it wasn't yes. that people knew you because you're famous. They knew you because, you know, like um, John Wayne Bobbitt or or Joey Buttafuoco, you know, yes. things like that. It's like, oh, these are people that you don't like like they fell into notoriety because of you know tragic situations yes you know but that doesn't make them famous it's just that everybody knows them exactly. and you know for you know my goddaughter when she saw this post this was what seven eight years ago you know she she was like you know how'd you get so many followers you know i want followers it's like no you don't i mean yeah. it, it's a weird thing and yeah, I, I can say that here because, you know, BJJ Wiki has a bunch of followers, but it wasn't something I was like, oh, you know what? I'm seeking to get more followers. I was just posting and, you know, it, it became what it became. But I think that's part of the currency of today is you get a bunch of followers. Now you have an opportunity to make money, whether it be Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat, mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, mm -hmm. Facebook. You know all these different social medias where people can make tons of money by having a bunch of followers i have a bunch of followers but i don't have like i can post something and it doesn't reach very far gotcha. you know? whereas i i know someone who has i think they just hit three thousand followers mm -hmm. and they the, their reach is insane so mm -hmm. it, it's not always about the followers that you have it's about the content that you put out yes so, correct yeah, correct yeah people have this really bizarre ideal of you know i want attention i want eyes on me and mm. you know th and that's the thing here the only reason you can see my face here is because I, the camera is front and center so with you being kind of on and off the mats you know over the years now and then now yeah. being more consistent yes. um in the recent months, um, when it comes to your training schedule, like what's that look like for you right now? Like how often are you training? Okay. So, uh, since January, 2022, I've been training oof, four times a week, sometimes five times a week, sometimes six times a week. It just depends on what I'm doing during the evenings. Um, but I, I tend to, I'm a bit of a weird one. I have to put it out there. I still go to third space, my gym. I still do training there. I have, as I mentioned, the Gauntlet, uh, Academy, which I've now left, um, in, in uh, December, 2022, the years are crazy. Um, and I'm now at a submission grappling school, um, since um oh sub submission grappling club sorry since uh january this year they've literally just opened and it was my uh strength and conditioning coach from the gauntlet who's moved to this gym um he's uh he's uh, partnered up with um an adc adcc guy uh owen o'flanagan so owen o'flanagan and sylvia nastaza and they're both fantastic absolutely fantastic um so there i try and go two to three times a week 
I go to my third space maybe twice a week. Um, so we're talking four or five times a week. And I like the momentum because I'm able to make it after work or sometimes before work. Um, I have to point out as well, I also do one-to-one -one training uh, with a great, great grappler called uh, Archer, Cal Cal. He is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. He used to be at the Gauntlet and now he's at GP Top Team. All right. Um, and he's great. Um, and I do, I do a lot of training, A, because I love it. And B, I'm going to put it out there. I'm a slow learner. Um, anyone who says to you, oh, within three months, you're going to be a great grappler or you'll know this, that and the other, they're lying. They are so lying. Um, I only started to kind of get it in October last year. So we're talking from when I was at the gauntlet in January 2022 to October, we're talking, what, 10 months when I'm slowly beginning to get it. When I was at Roger Gracie, I didn't understand a word what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. I'll tell that straight. And that was like for four months. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, some people um, really pick it up really, really quick. I don't know whether it's because, A, they know how to play chess. And everyone says, oh, you know, jiu-jitsu is like chess, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but what about people who have never played chess before? I don't know what chess is. I don't play it. So how can you tell me it's just like chess? I have no idea. Um, and other people may be really good at maybe another sport, maybe judo, maybe wrestling, maybe swimmers, and having that discipline. Or maybe in their life, they may have that discipline. Because jiu-jitsu, you do need to have, I think, discipline and continuation. You have to keep on turning up. Um, and then one day it will just start slowly getting in there. Um, but for me, I've always been a slow learner on every account, every account in my work. Um, I'm slow. But then once I get it, then I'm really, really good at something. Really good. Um, but my process is slow. And I'm not even putting it down to my age. Um, I'm just putting it down to I'm just a slow coach. Um, so I, I need to have, for me, um, I just need to be a regular person on something before I start getting it. And even though someone who may have started after me has got it three months later, like gone further than me, I still just need to keep on going and going and going until when it starts fitting in perfectly in my rhythm, because it's all about your own journey. Um, I know Spanish, but I remember when I was I went to Spain to learn Spanish and it was a three-week course, um, and I just wasn't getting it in the classroom. Everyone was getting it. I wasn't getting it at all. And it was only the last lesson where, <laughs> here we go, where the teacher gave us a sheet, and it had Spanish words, but then you had to fill in the blanks, but it was music. And we listened to it. I listened, I filled in the blanks, and I was the only one who got everything absolutely right. And other people in the class didn't. And he was like, Chrissy, you've become a bird. You've become alive. And I think it was because of, of the way in which it was done. Again, that connection, creativity, music, which I could relate to. Um, and I feel jiu-jitsu is exactly the same kind of thing. It's like what I can relate to and who's teaching me in a certain way, that's how I'm going to get it.
you know, or understand it better. So yeah, I do I do flirt around with different teachers. I love that. If I find that one teacher's not really giving me, you know, exactly how it's done, how it how I feel I can understand it, then I also flirt with other teachers and they will explain something totally different, which will be my language. And then I'll be like, oh, I understand. Now I get it. You know? Um, so so yeah, I'm a slow learner. And but I'm I'm proud of that, you know, because not everyone's got the same speed as everybody else. But I'm glad that I'm continuing the journey 100 percent. Good. Yeah, I think everyone's pace obviously is different. And, you know, for those who can pick it up quick, kudos to them. Yeah, I, I think when it when it comes to the ideal of, you know, being a slow learner, you know, I just think our processing is different where we have to break it down, you know, we have to break it down in a relatable way for us. Whereas, yes. you know, there are others that can just take that info, take the knowledge and, and build it from there. Yeah. Whereas, you know, individuals like ourselves, it's like, we have to connect, we have to relate it to something for it to make sense. Something that yes. feels like home. So I get you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I, I've always, I, I observed this with my daughter, which is starting to make me understand my learning process. Mm -hmm. We homeschool my daughter. Well, my wife homeschools. I don't, I don't do shit. <laughs> like, I'm just here. Like I go yeah. to work sometimes. Yeah. Like, and then you introduce her to great music. That's what you do. So it's good. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I teach her music and then teach her some jujitsu and yeah. comic book stuff. So I'm Love important it. too. Dads are important, yeah. um, but you know we homeschool her, and I notice things with her. My wife does a great job. I mean, it, it's weird to see my daughter reading. She'll read the bedtime stories to me, and I'm like, "Cool, like, guess mm. my work here is done." But when we're going over, you know, um, you know, sometimes we do, uh, you know, just some like kid jitsu here at the house. And I think what happens with my daughter, and I believe this happens with me, is we get excited and we get ahead of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I know what that is. So you discount the rest of the stuff that's coming with it because you think you already know it. At least that's what I see with my daughter. And I, I know that I've done that before with things. When it comes to jujitsu, I don't do that because no matter what they're teaching, we can go over this past week. We went over um, arm bars from guard. Yes. I think I know them pretty well, but that's just the thing. I think I know them pretty well, but do I know them pretty well? Let's see what coach is going to show us. Oh, look at that. He showed us something different. So obviously I don't know it very well. I'm learning from a black belt who can do this arm bar a billion different ways. And he just showed yeah. me three of them. So, you know, when it comes to, you know, slow learning for myself, at least, I think with jujitsu, I definitely plant it in a way where I just say, I don't know shit and yeah. I'm all ears. Whereas anything else is like, oh, I think like it, it, whenever I'm like watching a YouTube video for something for the podcast, whether yeah. it be doing something with the sound, which is always trash. Mm -hmm. um, I skip ahead in videos. Like I already know that. <laughs> 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 it's like, 
then they get to a part where I'm like, how did they get here? <laughs> it's because you skimmed. You skimmed too much. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, just, ah, you're not as smart as you thought you were, Dante. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's just the thing. We we all have our own paces. We have our own reasons for wanting to do jujitsu, And in our yeah. pace at which we learned the jujitsu. I mean, yeah. it, it's not... You know, it's not this thing where we can say, you know, one way or the other, like, yes, like you are going to pick this up in three months. You know, you'll have some people that come in, they become a blue belt after, you know, four months or six months or something. Yeah. It's like, dude, really? Because it took me four years. Yeah, for real. Absolutely. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was four years. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's all good. It's out. all good. No, it's all good. It's so funny. I get people at my workplace who don't do jujitsu, but because um I am really good at my job, and as I said, when I started my job, like you know, it was a slow process, but now I'm a seasoned veteran. I am amazing at what I do. And so because I'm great at what I do, people automatically think. Oh my god, you do jiu-jitsu. Cricket, you're gonna kick ass. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. Oh, show us this, show us that. And they do all these karate kicks and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's not like that. And then I always get, if I haven't seen someone for a couple of months, so have you got the next belt yet? Because they're assuming because you're so good at doing one thing that you're automatically gonna be like a ninja killer on martial arts you know in martial arts and it's like it doesn't work that way you guys don't seem to understand and they think that i'm kidding they think that i'm joking and they also think when i say to them oh yeah i go there all the time and i really do get beaten up i go to a camp yeah how did you do because i'm sure you were great blah, 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 blah. no i got my ass whipped always and they just don't believe me but it's true people it happens and i'm hey. fine i'm fine with that but that's the thing too. Jiu-jitsu is hard. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think people on the outside, they don't see it as that. They just see it as like, oh no, I mean, it's just wrestling on the ground. It's grappling on, you know, it's rolling around on the ground. It's like, no, it's jujitsu is very hard. It's not, it's the furthest thing from easy. And yeah, anyone who like none of my outside friends have, well, I think one person, let, let me, one, two, so two people that I know away from the mats have tried jujitsu. Mm-hmm. One was extremely nervous. Actually, yeah. no, I've, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I've, I've had more. But uh, the first person I brought in, he was very, very nervous. His son came with him. His son took to it like a fish to water. Nice. Um, the dad, you know, is older. I'm 45. I think the dad is 51, maybe 52 mm-hmm. now. So. This was COVID. This was because the po- I just started podcast because right after we left from the gym, we came back to the house and sat down and recorded about it. Episode yes. 15. Check it out. Back, bad sound mm-hmm. quality, but still fun all the same. Love it. Um, but, you know, after he got off the mat, he was like, yeah, that's a lot harder than I thought it would be. Um, my neighbor came up and he did free trial with me. He, mm-hmm. He's a... Uh, a veteran so you know he's got combatives background and whatnot so he's got a little bit of grappling mm-hmm. and even you know his experience he you know got tossed around was like okay 
you know, that wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. Like, mm-hmm. No, it, it really isn't. And then I had a friend, I would take them in every Sunday and I would train with them every Sunday yeah. for close to a year, I think. And it was, you know, for them, they, they picked it up, but same deal. They're like, it, it's not as easy as you think. And then, you know, when, you know, we would have kind of a live sparring type time, he was very, uh, you know, spazzy. Yes. But, you, you know, that, that's where you kind of, you know, as the upper belt, slow him down and try to show him like, okay, this is why that's not working. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, oh, okay, if I apply it this way, and it's like, oh, jujitsu is hard. It's tough. It's like, yeah, it's not easy, dude. Jiu-jitsu is not easy. No, no way. And anyone who says it is, they are lying, guys. They are lying. I'm telling you. <laughs> like, I could think of it in one sense and say, like, at no point, I've never thought it was easy. But then I've thought, like, was there anything? Huh? No, there's nothing. There's nothing at all that I could say is easy about jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and that's just the thing. You'll you'll have black belts that'll let you know as well. It's not easy. And then there's some black belts that are like they're not saying it's easy to do, but for them, you know, they're so well versed at it. It is easy for yes. them. But yeah. you know, that that's just the thing. You know, for anyone else coming in, you just want to be encouraging and let them know, yes, it's tough, but you're tougher. So yes, you'll get to the next phase of it, whether it be a stripe or a belt. You know? Yeah. Because you, you don't go into jujitsu. If you come into jujitsu with this thought in your head of, you know, I'm just going here to collect belts. It's, <laughs> it's problematic. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like I think about it for myself. I don't, I'm just going into each of my classes just to learn what we're doing. Yeah. If with that experience comes, you know, coach giving me a strike or, or, you know, promoting me when I got promoted to blue belt, mm-hmm. I, I was completely shocked. I was just like, you know, cause it wasn't like, you know, ceremony or anything. It wasn't like, uh, you know, promotion ceremony or anything. It was just prior to, you know, one of our, uh, Wednesday night classes mm-hmm. and I walked in, got dressed. I'm ready to train. Um, we all, I believe we did our warm up. I want to say mm-hmm. warm up was done. And then coach called me over, promoted me to blue. Um, I teared up <laughs> because, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, I'd been working, I've been showing up to class every day. Yeah. I was busting my ass and, and, you know, getting promoted, those tears came out because it's like, oh my God, this hard work, you know, yeah. got me to the next level. And, you know, once I got the blue belt, it's like, oh, my God, there's so much more to do. Because people are like, what's it like being a blue belt? It's like, it's no different than being a white belt, except for I have on a blue belt. That's yeah. all. Yeah. I totally understand what you're saying. I actually, I mean, you know, as though I'm a veteran, guys, I'm a white belt, one stripe. And um, but the way I see it is, is like this, um, especially when you become a blue belt and then, of course, the other colors. Um, when we start in jujitsu, you're a white belt and you have to ask yourself, you put on that belt, what do you know? 
And the first answer is going to be nothing. I don't know nothing about jujitsu. And that's how it is with subsequent belts. When you then have a blue belt, the way I see it is you're not going to have great superpowers. You're not going to be able to win all competitions. You're not going to be the person who knows everything. It's like starting all over again. I've got a blue belt. Now I need to learn what a blue belt is all about. And you're starting all the way from the beginning again, but on the blue belt level. And that will be the same with the purple. And then that will be the same with the brown. And then what? that will be the same with the black, you know, until when you go to the, I would call it the Emerald City, you know, when they go like with the red belt and stuff. But um, it's, it's a journey. It really is a serious journey. And so I had to like, I'm bowing down to you. Blue belt is amazing amazing to get there because a lot of people drop out and they don't get to that stage yeah there are a lot of you know there's always the jokes about blue belts quitting but a lot of people quit at white belt too um, yes i mean i know purple belts who've disappeared too you know mm -hmm. the, the thing is again jiu-jitsu is hard so and and I'm not justifying, you know, giving up. I mean, life is life. Sometimes people end up quitting because other parts of their life got chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my training has slowed down because our schedules got weird. So yeah. I only go once per week. You know, yeah. some people are able to go six times, seven times per week. At one yeah. point, I was going six days a week. Like, yeah. only day I wasn't training was Saturday. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing is... It's it, it it's hard, but the thing is, it's like your life is what it is. So, you know, you can say to yourself, hey, I want to center everything around jujitsu for my life. I mean, mm -hmm. we bought the house that we bought mm -hmm. because it was closer to where my gym was. Yes, I totally can relate. <laughs> when, when we... Uh, my daughter was born. Our daughter was born, not just my mm -hmm. daughter. It takes two of mm -hmm. us. Um, yeah. When our daughter was born, my wife goes, we need to get a bigger house. We were in a little mm -hmm. townhouse. I was like, man, we'll be all right. <laughs> like, I'll, I'm going to sell the weights and get rid of the treadmill. We'll be fine. Yeah. And she was like, no, we need a bigger house. I was like, all right, fine. So mm -hmm. you know, I'm looking around, looking around, looking around. I was looking at places closer to my grandparents. But where my grandparents are, my gym is much further away. I was like, I don't want to yeah. live that far away from my gym. Yeah. So we found a house, I want to say, uh, at the time, it was about 20 minutes from the gym. And the gym moved, and it became like 15 minutes, 10 minutes nice. from you know, nice. the gym. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everything, you know, that I, you know, do or did back then, I was like, how can I connect it to jujitsu? So we got a house closer. I ended up working a schedule for work. Allowed me to train multiple times per week, whereas previously I could only train on Saturdays at one point. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but that's the thing. It's like, that's not everyone. You know, some people are like, look, I'm available Tuesdays and Thursdays or Mondays and Wednesdays or only on yeah. Friday, you know? Yeah. So, it, it, it's it's tough. It's it's tough to kind of sort that out. Mm -hmm. It really is. Everyone's schedule is different. Uh -oh. 
people have responsibilities and everything, right? And work responsibilities. So I'm very, very lucky that my company is flexible. Um, and then I can like leave the office at five and then go to my to my lesson at six. You know, it's a big advantage for me. Um, and that was the reason why I decided also to join an academy because there was more lessons, more sessions going on, more than at my gym, which was at set times, maybe three times a week, two or three times a week. But at an academy, it's like you've got maybe four lessons uh, each day. So I was able to do that. Um, which was really, really good. So I totally understand what you're saying and people's schedule. It really does dictate, uh, you know, how how you're going to be able to to fit jiu-jitsu in. Everyone's, everyone has different schedules in life. We're all individuals. We all have different um, things going on. Um, again, what you're saying about having a gym close to you, uh, which is important, important to your workplace, to your school, to your university, you know, where you live. Um, so all of that dictates. Um, uh, when I used to go to the gauntlet, that was an hour away from where I lived. But I made the effort um, because I loved the gym. It was a lot of fun. Um, now I go to um, Submission Grappling Club and that's closer to my new workplace. So I'm like, I'm in a win-win situation. It is really important. It's important. Like, are they close? How soon can I get there? How many sessions can I get in a week? It does take over your life, but in a really cool way. So I totally understand what you're saying with regards to like, you know, location and life and how to fit fit it in and whether you're able to do one day a week or seven days a week. Right now I train at um, so I'm in between two locations. We our, our yeah. gym has three locations, and my house is 15 minutes from two of them. Nice. And the one that I can go to consistently is on Wednesdays, so mm -hmm. Wednesday mornings. So I go there, and you know, th there's also there's more space on the mat for you there as well. So there's kind of this part of me where it's like I'm spoiled by yeah. having all that space number one but number two the schedule works perfect for me mm -hmm. um you know again you know as i'm looking into new employment and it sounds like i might be working a new job very very soon hopefully it sounds like it i got one more step to go but yeah. um you know now that takes away that wednesday class from me but yeah it opens up the door for wednesday night potentially Tuesday, Thursday night, I get Saturdays back, you know? Yes. So, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's always this thing for us, you know, as grapplers, especially where we want to, you know, integrate jujitsu into our lives and life into jujitsu and just kind of dancing around that becomes the real challenge. Once we get it set though, yeah. you know, we're off to the races. It's, it's like, yeah. yes, we got this. You know, once um, I was able to go like, relatively like every day, just about, it, it was just this new thing for me. I was like, oh my God, I can make it Monday now, make Monday night, mm -hmm. I can make uh, Tuesday night, I can make Wednesday night. And then we had the occasional Friday and Saturday I couldn't make it, but that was okay because then I got the key so I could open up on Sundays. I was like, oh yes, let's go, 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 go. 
and then COVID hit and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and <laughs> I haven't been right since. Like since COVID, yeah. my schedule has been choppy with, you know, my wife's schedule being what it is. And then, yeah. you know, the gym schedule changing just a little bit. But, you know, we were able to kind of make it work. So it, it's look, if you love something, you're going to make it work. Yes. Plain and simple. Yeah. And you do make it work. You will find a way and it will happen. Even if you Absolutely. get negativities from your friends like, you're never around for us, Chrissy. Can't we go out to dinner? Can't we do this? And it's like, oh, it's training tonight. Oh. <laughs> I threw that shit right out the window. As soon as, as soon as it became a thing of like people want to go out every Friday night. And yeah. So I got to train on Saturday morning. Exactly. It's like, I'm not going out to get drunk on Saturday yeah. or Friday night because if I because I did it once. Oh. And it was a rough class. And the thing is, I didn't like being a bad teammate. I didn't like yeah. the feeling. Yeah. And my one buddy, we do the other podcast together. But I remember we talked. He listened to, I believe it was episode two of Off the Mats. And my guest yes. was talking about how important jiu-jitsu was to their life and how everything they do revolves around jiu-jitsu. So my buddy listened to that and he's like, well, you know, part of why, you know, I probably don't think I'm going to try it is because, you know, I like to go out and get trashed. I like to go out and party. I don't want to uh, devote my life to jiu-jitsu. And so this one's like, so you took from that episode two people talking about jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. And what you took from that was that you have to devote your life to it and you can't do anything else. It's like, I mean, I guess if, if you're all in on something like that, that's cool. But you don't have to. And then he pointed out with me, he was like, yeah, but you don't even come out anymore. So, I mean, you know, I was like, yeah, because for me, I don't like to go out, drink and then get, you know, have a hangover going in the train with my teammates. I'm a bad teammate if I do that. But again, mm. I, I know people who go out and get drunk the night before they come in and train. They train very well. I know mm -hmm. people who smoke in a parking lot before, you know, they would come in. Yeah. They train very well. It was like, I just do things different because that's the way I want to do it. That's what works yeah. for me. Um, anyone else can do what they want to do. But ultimately, I think what it is is that he's scared. And that's a fact. So yeah. I'm not saying that yeah. to even be like silly no, I think that he's just, it's that, you know, there, there are the people who look at jujitsu and say, oh, you know, that would never work on me. Um, it's like, then come try it. Nah. And then there are the people who they see it, they respect it. And they're like, nah, that's not for me. I respect it, but it's not for me. And then yeah. there are the people that, you know, I mean, there are other people, but, you know, I'm just breaking it down to three types. And then there's the third type who say, well, fuck it. Let me embrace it. Let me jump in and see what it's about. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the big thing to me is that what works for my schedule, what works for, you know, my life with jujitsu, that's all that matters. Like yeah. my friends, if they want to go out. It's like, look, if I'm training, no. If I have to train at night, no. If I have to record, no. It's like we make our lives what we make it, you know, of what's mm -hmm. important. So mm -hmm. for me, you know, being in my forties, going out and drinking isn't important anymore. That's, yeah. That shit, you know, that was 20 years ago. 
Like, yeah, exactly. The twenties, the 20s are your highlights, right? Or in the UK, we, we, you know, clubs are open to us from age eighteen and drinking uh, legally. Um, so yeah, you know, late teens, your twenties, even parts of your thirties, like early thirties, right? It's all good. Do all that, but then you know, reality realization does catch up with us in different ways. And so, you know, you know, your your body and your mind will dictate how it's going to go, right? As simple as that. Um, and exactly for, for me, for jiu-jitsu, I actually have, um, this was another form of um, my therapy and what I went through. I actually have a skin disorder called lichen planus, which is when your immune system just decides to... Um, fight against your your blood cells in your body and it it reacted with massive blotches all over my skin from head literally from the back of my my neck all the way down across my whole body to my my feet and the only place it didn't hit was the front of my chest and my face I think God was on my side I was thinking he was like I'm gonna make you suffer but I won't make you like really suffer by having it all over your face. And that were, that lasted um, with continuous bleeding, um, uh, raised um, um, kind of dark marks on my skin, which were itchy, which you would scratch, of course, because they're itchy. And when you scratch, of course, it will bleed. So it was like a vicious cycle that lasted for nine months. And it was all due to stress. Um, and now it's in remission after about 11 months. Um, this was from 2018, end of 2018 to, um, actually to around 2020, when was it? October, November, when I started jujitsu, that's when it started to stop. I felt really ashamed though, because my whole skin literally was really, really dark, 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 dark black. And it very, very unattractive looking. And, and so it made me change the way in which I dressed because um, I didn't want to be shown how I looked, my skin. I didn't want people looking at my skin because people were looking and like going, ooh. Even the doctor at one stage and the doctor, doctor assistants, when they looked on my back to try and, you know, um, help me with this, even they'd done a gasp. That's how bad it was. Um but I'm really pleased to say that I am convinced jiu-jitsu is helping with it. It's a serious workout you're getting. You're sweating out all of those bad toxic, toxins um, in your body. Um, and now, looking at my skin, much that I'm used to it now, and it is fading, it's like definitely fading, I'm more confident with it because jiu-jitsu is giving me that confidence. You can't run away from it. It's there. It's, you know... Um, and you just got to face it. And it gives you that. For me, it's given me that confidence just to go out there and just do what I want to do in life. Um, yeah. Jiu-Jitsu, I think, saved my life. I know it sounds like a cliche, but in so many accounts, it saved my life. It really has. Oh, no. I mean, that's just the thing. Jiu-Jitsu works for us. It does yeah. what it does. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the saying, Jiu-Jitsu saved my life, it's weird that, you know, people now look at that as, you know, super cliche. And it's like, no, for many, it's true, though. So, yeah. 
you know, there's, there's no knocking it. I mean, it, it, you know, it's no different than, you know, if you don't like what you see on my Instagram, don't look, okay. You don't mm -hmm. like hearing that jujitsu saved my life, then you're free to, you know, walk away. You don't have to listen, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, like for anyone that tells me jujitsu saved their life, I want to hear it. I want to know the story. That's why we have this podcast because I want to yeah. know your stories. So, yeah. Good, good. And, and you know, you know what exactly? As as you were saying, some people will be like, <laughs> whatever, or they're talking silly, or cut off, or not listen. But you know what? If this podcast message helps one person, just one person out of thousands of people who's going to be listening to your podcast, the way the way I see it is, my work is done. Right? I've changed somebody's life. I've I've made it relevant to somebody. And they were able to resonate. And for me, that's a beautiful, powerful thing. It really is. So my, my job is done. <laughs> I agree with you. And that's actually a perfect spot to kind of end on, wrap it up. So Chrissy, thank you for yeah. doing this. Thank you for making time uh, and, and sharing your story and just talking silly shit with me. <laughs> <laughs> We're just we're all over the place talking COVID, talking music, talking jujitsu, talking life. So yeah. thank you for doing yeah. this. Um, thank you, you. You have any you have any uh, shout outs or mentions you want to drop before we get out of here? Um. Yeah. Well, shout out to you because your Instagram channel is off the hook. Absolutely fantastic. I love it. I love the likes of your your Instagram. I also shout out to uh, My White Belt, which has given me loads of confidence as well, um, which is a great handle as well. And shout out to uh, Jiu-Jitsu Dummies. Their podcast is hilarious. I love those guys and their, and their memes and stuff. Um, and also definitely to my training partners, um, to my um, professors, Alex Slater, uh, from third space he's he was the one who made me feel really comfortable with jiu-jitsu from the off right from the beginning with his demeanor and the way in which he is um he made it so welcoming um and if if it wasn't for him and maybe if I had another uh professor um I may not have even decided to stick with jiu-jitsu but this guy made me made me love jiu-jitsu right from the beginning so a massive shout out to him um plenty of other people but the main ones I've already just said. So thank you. I really do appreciate it. I really do. No problem. And thank you again. But, you know, like I said, you made the time to do this with me. And, you know, that I appreciate greatly. And I can't thank oh. you enough. So no, thank you. Uh, yeah, we did it. We built this city. Do, 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 do. We built this city on rock and roll. See, I, I would sing along, but there's time. It's like as much as I love to sing, it's like mm -mm, not doing that, not doing that here. So everybody can hear. You're like, not only is this guy bad at jujitsu, but he sucks at singing too. Jeez, Wait, take this show away. Get this guy. Oh, he bless. sucks. Oh uh, man. Oh, bless. I was gonna say also. I, I want to a big shout out to people uh, in the jujitsu community who have said to me, um it takes time and it does you know just those little words when you get frustrated when you're like i've done this before but now i just don't understand it i don't get it 
and you know there's there's you know one particular um friend of mine i remember he just said to me chris it takes time and that's resonated with me and i remember that every time i get really pissed off that it's not working out i remember what he says and it's true it really does take time and it's a beautiful 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 art um in which i'm so proud of myself that i'm part of the community we're we're happy to have you as part of this community. I'm happy Thank to be part you. of the community as well. So, you know, again, it's as they said in Point Break, jujitsu is the source. Well, yeah, they said surfing, but <laughs> exactly, we love that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dante. That was awesome. Thank you. No problem. And as always, to all the listeners out there. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the support. Thank you for, you know, everybody that's following all the Instagram accounts, whether it be bjj.wiki, Off the Mats Podcast, So You Like Horror, Colompton Beer Club. I don't know. Like, there's too many, too many of them. Uh, uh, Castle Wrestling, uh, you know, whatever the hell else I got going out there. I'm not, I'm not sure, but thank you everyone for all the support. And, and just all the love. Um, if y'all have any questions, concerns, criticisms, always feel free to reach out to me. You can find me at bjj.wiki on Instagram or off the man's podcast on Instagram. And, you know, I'm a pretty uh, open guy. You know, if you, you want to come over and tell me that you don't like something about the podcast, do it. Tell me. I'm not going to listen, but you can tell me. Um, you know, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, just say it. I love having people on. I love talking to people. So, you know, just be open with me. Um, I want to give a you know big shout out to my guys over there at Nerve Age Radio, Bobby, Chris, Joe, Phil, Ricky Ticky, Raul. Love you guys. Awesome stuff. Um, we're fast approaching episode 400 over there. So, you know, definitely, definitely, you know, want to be there for that episode and, you know, cut it up with the guys so tune in for that it'll be coming up soon we'll be recording in april so stay tuned uh another shout out to my other podcast so you like horror we talk about scary movies there we talk about just scary stuff it's not always just movies sometimes tv shows sometimes we talk about uh scary experiences haunted houses things like that so if you're into that kind of stuff go check it out um we're doing horror by the decades um one decade per month so I believe by the time this episode comes out, the 40s will be out and about and we'll be working on the 50s. We're also going to be doing a Leprechaun episode coming up on St. Patrick's Day. We're only doing the Leprechaun episode because that would be the scheduled date for an episode. So that's the only reason we're doing Leprechaun. Otherwise, I would have been a dick and did a Leprechaun in August just because I can. So, you know, stay tuned, though. Those are those fun episodes. Um you know, if you're into that kind of stuff, go check it out. Also, if you're into it and you want to be a guest, check it out. Give me a message. We can make it happen. Um, otherwise, you know, I love you all. You guys are great. I appreciate the fuck out of everyone. And you guys keep listening. And I'm going to keep making these shows. So thanks, everyone. And goodbye. They publish it. Now let me see his song.